Hello, everyone, and welcome back to To Have and To Roll. I'm Rain, and you are listening to Session 73. We hope you have enjoyed the extended preamble to Book 4, but now it's time to really get into it. As a note, our level 11 breakdown is going up on Tumblr, so be sure to check that out if you want to hear a little bit about how our builds are progressing. We're excited to give our characters one last break at Blackbird Ranch before they are swept off on the next leg of their adventure. So, let's see where it takes them. In Curse of the Crimson Throne. Hello, beautiful husband. And welcome back to to Curse Curse of the the Crimson Crimson Throne. Throne. So, So, uh, what happened last time on Curse of the Crimson Throne? Oh boy. Um, A comedy of errors, I believe. Yes, and what a comedy it was. So we decided we wanted to break into um, this old rich guy's house, Lord Veldrain, uh, because we'd heard he had a an amulet of proof against detection and location that we wanted to put on our good friend Neolandis Kalapopoulos so that the people who want to kill him can no longer find him to kill him. And uh, we got help from his uh, snot-nosed uh, grandson. Hold, hold on. Snot-nosed? <laughs> Excuse me. He's like he's like a young he's like a young Avenger. Yes, he, he is. He's 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 he was he was very cool. Yes, I'm just jealous. He helped he us because the anus. He helped us sneak in. We proceeded to to any percent speed run. Yes, you you went into uh, the bedroom of uh, Osteus Veldrain, uh, and. Nearly got killed. Nearly got killed <laughs> from a fucking mimic. A fucking mimic because it got it got a sneak. It got a surprise round. Then it won initiative. You know, I think <laughs> it's always funny. I when you could do these solo missions, I I only put you up against things that are under party level. Yeah, because yeah. they're because there's less of you there. If we'd have won initiative, we'd have kicked that thing's ass. We would have. Uh, but we didn't. Nope, didn't. <laughs> and uh, f- so fleeing from this uh, angry little mimic that Osteus Veldrain had hiding in his closet, uh, yes. because uh, fuck us. Um, <laughs> we ended up tell so we dimension doored into the adjacent room that we had walked past previously in the hopes of, you know, finding a quiet place to heal up, maybe go back into the bedroom, kill the mimic. We teleported directly into the bathroom where Osteus Feldrain was having his evening bath. Yes. Right. And we teleported right next to where the door, the, the door where the amulet was hung. Yes. Because the the amulet is hung by the door so that he can put it on before he leaves. Osteus Veldrain stood up from the bath, said something along the lines of, wow, you really fucked up, didn't you? That is exactly what he said. (laughs) (laughs) And And then you dimension doored out. And we took, Majenko grabbed the amulet and we dimension doored out. (laughs) Yes. What a fucking... 
What and, a fucking experience. And then we ran because the uh because Ostias Veldrain called a citywide manhunt yes. for the people who had broken into his when house. The Benny Hill theme played for a little while. Um uh and <laughs> And we, uh, Unia unlocked Shadow Walk, and we escaped to Harse. Yep, where we now are. Yep, and uh, we we settled in for a nice long time skip. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, I would love to just say six months later, but there are a few time sensitive things that we have to do. Mm-mm. Now, um, there is something that um, we both want to do, which is go shopping in Kermaga. Yes. Uh, however, for various reasons we're not going to do that right now we have bought the items that we want to buy but we're we're going to say that happened and revisit that later mm-hmm. uh but for now what we're going to do is i believe shortly after the visit to kermaga you have a few things that you need to take care of that can't wait until after harvest Boy, that was really exciting, all those things ha- that happened in Karamaga. Oh, but let's not mention the thing that happened with the noodles. That was so embarrassing. I was very surprised that that person that died was completely fine the next day without us expending any resources whatsoever. <laughs> I was even more surprised that it wasn't me this time. <laughs> oh, goodness. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> We are now, let's say, probably about a month in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're like in late July now. What um, is July in this? Uh, in the in the uh, <laughs> in the calendar that is we have Rova? here, it is uh, July is Erastus. Erastus, okay. Uh, let's say you are on uh, you are on the twenty seventh of July. All right. Um, so one of the things that we got from Kermaga uh, was a scroll of legend lore. Yes. Uh, and the requisite materials and focus components. Um, so the only person we know whose spell list, whose spell list this is on mm-hmm. is Trinia. Yes. Um, it's, it's technically available to clerics if you have the knowledge domain, but Union does not have the knowledge domain. No. Which would mean that you need to UMD it. Yeah. Uh, and the UMD check for high-level scrolls is pretty high. high. Um, yeah. And uh, so rather than do that, I suppose we will ask Trinia nicely if she would like to spend a good amount of time, probably 2d6 weeks, um, because we really only know rumors, mm-hmm. uh, checking legend lore about Kazavon. You know, usually usually the legend lore where you don't know anything about them is very difficult. Um, but when you have some downtime that you need to not get caught by the police, yeah, uh, it's actually quite useful. It's like, oh, you got to spend a lengthy amount of time sort of just hanging out and doing not legend lore and not yourself. doing anything else. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is a so, perfect time for legend um, lore. Now, uh, due to a series of events that uh, we can get into with Trinia. Trinia is actually also leveled up now. <gasps> She's now level 10. Oh my gosh. Uh, I believe uh, I believe the book wants me to actually put her at like level 9 or 8, but I was like, let's get her a little closer. Mm, um, Trinia. So. Um, it's, it's all of the training she's been doing with Ophelia. She's actually uh, already leveled up. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, she she probably was at like level 8 or 9, and then uh, you've been training with Ophelia mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For adventuring. Sparring, yep. 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 
Uh, let's let's role play a little bit of, of uh, how this all comes to be. Ophelia will be uh, hanging out with Trinia. Uh, maybe they've just finished a bout of swordplay. Not a euphemism. Actual <laughs> <Full> swordplay. <laughs> um, uh. And uh, they're they're sort of cooling off with some uh, fresh lemonade uh, made mm-hmm. by uh, one of the uh, maybe the uh, the lady of the house. Um, uh, yes, Mrs. Adriel, whose Mrs. first Adriel. name I do not have available right now. <laughs> um, Mrs. Adriel. Mrs. Adriel. Um, uh, uh, let me let me give you a little bit of a rundown on uh, Blackbird Ranch, actually. Sure. Just to refresh your memory. So Blackbird Ranch is this little ranch uh, about a day's journey outside of the town of Harse. Uh, it's kind of to the west of Harse and a little bit north. If you're following along and not like driving a car or something, you can check our website where we have the Hinterlands map. Ooh. Ooh, that so, sounds like a great thing to look at if you are not currently, not driving. currently driving. So if you were to follow the North Sarwin River uh, for about about 20 or so miles, um, you would find Blackbird Ranch kind of inland, uh, close enough to the river that you can drive the cattle down there, uh, but uh, far enough away that, you know, you're not right up on it. Mm-hmm. And Blackbird Ranch is a lovely, lovely land where they've got a corral for some cattle, uh, they've got a pig pen, they've got uh, some fields for crops. Uh, you know, the the main thing that they that they make money off of is cattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they are a self an entirely self sufficient ranch, and so there's a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. uh, including, I believe, now uh, a little smithy mm-hmm. where Lenore and and Edgar can yes, work. Yes, Lenore and Edgar Smith. Mm-hmm. They're they're Mr. and Mrs. Smith for Mr. now. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, you've got this this nice little self sufficient place. Uh, it is now watched over by uh, by a hero uh, who hails from Hars. Mm-hmm. We need to come up with a with a uh, new name for uh, Ben Carlo's uh, Western identity. Mm. Maybe we should give Blackjack another. Uh, card game themed name Ooh. solitaire he works alone <laughs> well, solitaire uh not to be confused with solaire a guy who walks around praising Praise the, sun. the sun yes uh so solitaire uh is his new uh identity uh and he has warded your ranch against uh detection and location uh as per the vigilante ability safe house Ooh. Uh, basically he has a mask i think we previously established that allows him to treat his vigilante talents as four levels higher yes uh, for any effects that they do which yes. allows him to hide uh it's actually quite a small area <laughs> like one of the buildings here acts as a safe house yes and but that we is use we that building as the bunkhouse for the party. Yes. And Neolandis gets to stay there like all the time. Yep. Well, Neolandis has an amulet now, so he can go. Oh, oh Neolandis has the amulet. He can right. do what he wants. Yeah. Neolandis can do what he wants. <laughs> um, and so, so Trinia and Ophelia have been training uh, yep. to help Trinia get a little bit closer to the level of power that the rest of the party are. Yes. Uh, it's one of those great things about working with a trainer. You can work with a trainer up to two levels higher than you. Yes. Uh, so they've been fencing. Yes. Uh, Ophelia has been, uh, I don't know, teaching Trinia the finer points of fine pointed weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and um, and you collapse against uh, a fence. Uh, very sweaty. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Mrs. Adriel, Mrs. Adriel comes out going, well, uh, uh, 
I'm glad y'all are practicing to defend the ranch. Nice to feel nice and safe here. Uh, oh. I got you all these, uh, some lemonade. Oh, thank yep. you. Fresh squeezed. Thanks so much. I'm sure lemons are a native crop here that actually grows in this environment. <laughs> uh, and I don't know much about the ecology of lemons to say otherwise. I would give you a squeeze of my own to say thanks, but I'm really yeah. sweaty. Well, you get washed off sometime down down by the river. Okay. Uh, and then then we can do that. All right. All right. Thank you. Air hug. Uh, air hug. <laughs> and uh, she sets down this tray on a little cutting on a little chopping block, uh, taking an axe and uh, embedding it in another chopping block. <laughs> Y'all have a nice time now. Well, thank you. And you see, see her looking at you, and she you can see that she's she's sort of like watching you as she leaves. Like, oh, Ophelia's gonna blush a little bit. <laughs> Try and pass it off like she's just flushed from the exercise. So, um, Trinia will say, So, um, I, I was meaning to talk to you, like, a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, when did the, you know, when did the tail thing start? Oh, um, well... I mean, like, last time we were together, you know, back before everything yeah um you didn't have to do that right um well so when we first met i was under the effects of a some sort of permanent potion spell i don't really know the details uh but it kept me from needing to uh do the tail thing um but then I got brought back to life, and they had to rebuild my whole body with magic, and it sort of reset everything. Interesting. Um, we have Trinia roll uh, knowledge arcana check, I believe, to know what you're talking about. Sounds like you're talking about an elixir of two worlds. Oh, um, yeah, I, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard about those. They're things that, like, uh, if a merfolk drinks them, mm -hmm. uh, you, you, uh, end up just having legs. Yeah, yeah. That Damien said something about that. He started going into the details and my eyes kind of glazed over and you know. Yeah, I mean I like heard it as a as like a story. It was supposed to be like a horrible curse for Merfolk. Oh. Yeah. Well But that, I mean you seemed like you did okay. I mean that horrible curse helped me meet you, so Yeah. And so it can't be that bad, huh? Yeah. Um or maybe it's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to put up with me. Oh no, what a horrible fate I've been consigned to. She gives you a kiss. Aw, kisses back. <laughs> uh, and then uh, she leans back, drinks a little bit of her lemonade. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been training actually kind of a lot. And, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I, when you were gone and I was writing letters and stuff, I, I kind of wish that, you know, I like this place and everybody's nice here. Mm -hmm. But I miss, like, running around and doing stuff. And, you know, it's been a while now. Yeah. Do you think that, like, next time you guys head out that I might be able to, like, come with? <gasps> oh, my gosh. I, uh, and you see her sort of, like, uh, kick at the dirt a little bit. It's like, you know, like, I kind of missed you. I missed you too. Yeah, um, and I don't know, like, 
I mean, would that be weird if I came with you? No, or... I don't. I don't think it would be weird at all. Okay. Um. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Aww. Um. You know, it's it's. <laughs> I haven't really um. I haven't really like hung around with anybody that I've been um. Sleeping with, uh, for a long period of time. And yeah. The last month has been nice. It has. Um. You know, I'm just kind of like a little bit unsure of what coming with you guys would mean. Like, are they okay mm. with like I mean, public displays of affection? Yeah, or, like, I think what's... everybody else like. Look, we literally lived in Lenore's house for like several months. Yeah. She was not discreet about stuff with Edgar. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. The walls are um, thin. It was very awkward. <laughs> um, oh, wow. That's that. Okay, okay. I get that. So I think they'll be fine with it. Yeah. Um, um, oh, is that what that's been? I thought they were like wild animals <laughs> fighting somewhere. <laughs> Holy shit, that was them? Good lord. I don't know, I also kind of feel a little weird about it. Like, you know, I I'm glad that you're good with me coming with you, but, um, I mean, like, what are we? Like, um, oh, it's just kind of been fun for yeah, a while. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, I, for a long time, I've been worried that, you know, with you out here and me and Corvosa, eventually something would happen to me and that would be it. And you would be able to move on and, hmm. You know, it seems like every time I die, they bring me back, and I'm happy to be here. So yeah, and like, um, I mean, I don't, I don't like being here, like cooped up, like I'm some sort of maiden in a tower. No, no, definitely you know? not. Um, um, you've spent a lot of time cooped up. I have, and, and I mean, I don't think you need me to protect you. You just kicked my ass, so <laughs> you're pulling your punches. Not that much, but you were. A little bit. I can tell. <laughs> She uh, she takes her she, she takes a rapier and like slaps slaps the side of your leg with it. <laughs> Stop. Okay, okay. I can take it. I'm not I'm not just some girl, you know. I'm I I I was living on my own for a really long time in Corvosa, and you know um, I've experienced some stuff out here that's mm -hmm. I can't necessarily explain. Um. But I think I'm ready to do more with you. Um, yeah, I think I'm ready to do more with you too. Okay. Um. I, um, where I'm from, um, when two people decide to commit to each other in sort of a dating way, um, they tie strands of seaweed around their wrists. That's not like that's uh, hold on. That's not like a, like a betrothal thing, no, right? No, um, no, oh no, no. Oh my gosh! No goodness, no. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ready for like anything. No, like that, no. You know? Oh goodness. Yeah. No, it's but we don't really have any seaweed up here. Um, There's some like cattails and stuff. Oh, we could. Yeah, we could use those if you wanted. Uh, then you that sort of nice. just. Yeah, you sort of just keep them on until they dry up and fall off. Uh, oh, okay, okay. So it's not like really like a permanent. No, thing. no, no, no. It's just like a like a when you start going steady with someone. Oh, oh, wow. Um, hmm. <laughs> you see her sort of go. Hmm. 
Uh, oh, I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. I mean, there are plenty of like really attractive people around here, and, and Harse, and I wouldn't want to keep you from uh, keeping your options open if that's what you want. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, like, um, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay. Huh? Okay. Um, and maybe not the read thing right now. Okay. Um, it seems. I kind of just want to take it, like, one step at a time. Okay, okay, we can do that. What we have is fun, and yeah, I like it. Yeah. And uh, I don't want it to change because we're, you know, okay. um, closer. Nope. No pressure. Longer. No pressure at all. Okay. Ophelia reaches out and squeezes Trinia's hand. Aww. She pulls in a little bit. Mm. You're really nice. Mm, you're really nice, too. Um, however, boring stuff. Mm. Uh, Damien bought me this. Oh! And she pulls out this scroll of legend lore. And um, apparently I need to cast this spell, but he said it can take like a super long time. Oh! He was talking about that. It's basically like, how did he describe it? He said something about like doing a research paper. Yeah. So he told me that you need to find out information about this dragon that apparently mm-hmm. the, the queen's crown comes from named yeah. Kazavon. Yes. But like, I really don't know anything about Kazavon. Yeah. Or well, any of that stuff. So like the spell helps you find out stuff, even if you don't really know anything. Okay, but what's, like, everything that you guys know about Kazavan thus okay, far? Um, summarized in bullet points. That is an easy, easy to digest and perhaps good for somebody who's, like, coming into this for the first time. Oh, uh, Like me. All right, all right. Um, winks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, looks into the camera and winks. <laughs> I can have Damien uh, do a, an, a research summary for you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what's... Uh, so, you get you get Damien yes. and Neolandis. Yes. Uh, and, uh... Yes. The queen showed up at the start of at the start of book three with this crown that uh, seemed to be made out of bone. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Marcus Endrin tried to assassinate her and she, she didn't did die. die. And we've traced that the ability to not die is probably coming from the crown, which was made with the bones of a powerful blue dragon named Kazavan. Yes. Kazavan being a servant of Zan Kuthan who broke a promise to Zonkuthan and was punished by being split up into a bunch of pieces that were each tied to particular artifacts and then scattered around the uh, inner sea region. Mm-hmm. One of one uh, one of those items is the crown that Iliosa currently has. Mm-hmm. Other things we know about Kazvan uh, from sort of the the paintings that Salvatore Scream has done of Kazavan uh, is that um, he sort of went on a conquering rampage in this general area, mm-hmm. killed a lot of people, and um, sort of set up like a little empire of his own yeah. where Corvoso now sits. Well, no, or, not where Corvoso where, sits. Oh, okay. So, um, hold on, let me let me have Neil Landis fill you guys in on, on okay. the details of uh, that he got from his research. Okay. Um, Neil Landis actually went looking for this information after the assassination attempt on him. Uh, he confronted Queen Iliosa, saying that uh, he knew that she was behind Eardred II's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Red Mantis assassins came after him. He was poisoned. He escaped. Mm-hmm. He went to Salvatore Scream and was brought back to health. Mm-hmm. And uh, once he was brought back to health, he went to Endrin Military Academy and started searching through their collection of, about information related to 
the relics that would be in the uh, castle's treasury. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he found was a relic referred to as Midnight's Teeth. Midnight's that was Teeth. Put here, um, that was that were rather that was already here when the Corvosans took control of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Neolandis knew uh, that Queen Eliosa had been borrowing the treasury key mm-hmm. uh, and uh, sort of traced the powers listed for Midnight's Teeth back to some of the things that had that he had noticed about Eliosa, mm-hmm. that she had become more capricious more beguiling, mm-hmm. uh, more... Calculating? Calculating in the way that she approached things, yes. Uh, and so he assumed that, basically, when you guys told him about the crown, that he was like, okay, yeah, that sounds like what Midnight's Teeth does. And one of the other things that Midnight's Teeth, uh, according to the legends listed here, does is it keeps someone from dying. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't know the way to overcome Midnight Teeth's ability to keep someone from dying uh, or how it even really works. But we know that Midnight's Teeth can be traced back to this dragon named Kazavon. Kazavon was a... So basically, several hundred years ago, uh, maybe like a thousand years ago, the timeline is not exactly clear right now, Mm -hmm. um, there were uh, a bunch of orcs that were invading Ustalav, which is a nation to the north on the other side of the Cinderlands, which is the area to the north of you. Yes. Uh, which, uh, when we, as we established with, um, as we established with uh, Romoska Arkminos, is a land of like uh, all forms of gothic horror Da-da-da. and stuff. Yes, like Castlevania, the the, the the zone. Yes. Uh, and so, a bunch of orcs from Belkzen, which is uh, a wild land mostly ruled by orcs and giants, started encroaching on Ustalavic territory, and so the the counts of Ustalav united and said we need a champion to repel the orcs and so they hired this guy named Kazavon right yes uh in human guys in human guys uh and and sent him out to stop the orcs he stopped the orcs and then when they went great thanks we're gonna take back our our castle now he went no you're not it's mine and killed the uh Ustalavic emissaries so basically, he attacked the lords of Ustalav. He tried to invade Last Wall, uh, <laughs> and uh, which is another nation in that general area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, eventually, a group of heroes came forth and defeated him. Uh, but they weren't able to kill him. Mm. And so they broke his body up into pieces and scattered the pieces through the world. That was their last resort. Yes. And one of those pieces uh, became Midnight's Teeth, uh, the teeth, the fangs of the dragon. Uh, which were interred in the pyramid. Yes. But now they've come back. Yes. And I think that's about all you guys really know. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, There's we... quite a lot more than you knew at the beginning of the book. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, although, I, I, under the um, details of legend lore, I think still probably means we know only rumors. Yeah. Yeah, these are really only rumors about Kazavon. You but, don't you don't own anything that belonged to him. You don't uh you don't real I mean you have like you have like pictures of him that you got from uh Yeah, from, from Salvatore. Uh, Salvatore. Yeah. Um so that might help a little bit. Yeah, we But can, you don't you're not, you don't know where his castle was. No. Uh you don't uh Yeah. We do don't you know the name of the castle. Uh No. No. Unless I said it before, in which I case, yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you did. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're in doing this legend lore. We are looking for 
information on sort of like where that castle is, the deal with the crown, how to overcome its, you know, uh, you can't die while you're wearing it ability, um, you know, maybe uh, where other relics are if we need to worry about those. Um, and, you know, sure. any anything on it, additional information on uh, why Zan Kuthan is so very, very interested in finding uh, this piece of Kazvan as well. Now, I'm under the impression a little bit from what Kester was drawing that this is perhaps the thing that our good friend from the Order of the Pyre, Signifier Strickland, had Kester doing yeah, it does looking seem into that, that font. It does seem that he had Kester working round the clock to try to find more information about Kazavon. Um, so... And that Kester had been drawing pictures of Kazavon. Yeah. Um, now, you do have those pictures. Yes, well. yes. So, um, you, have, you, have, you have a portrait of him by Salvatore Scream as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, peeling, peeling off his, his, skin. his skin. Revealing a dragon form beneath. You have a picture of the, the crown mm-hmm. and a part of the dragon form. Yes. Uh, and then you have these stories. Yes. Uh, and what you need is the way to kill him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How do we kill you? Where, where, where any, where his fortress was, or any, yes. What, what exactly do you want? Um. So, uh, the location of the fortress would be good if we have to go there to like find additional stuff. Um. Um. So maybe sort of the nature of uh, how he has been bound to these items. Mm. Um. And sort of just like, what's the deal with Midnight's Teeth more specifically? Okay. Uh, like, if we can get sort of the divination version of an item card. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, it's a it definitely. It does say, so looking at legend lore, it does say, uh, if you know only rumors, uh, uh, it, the, the casting time is 2d6 weeks, and the resulting lore is vague and incomplete. So it often directs you toward more detailed information, thus allowing a better legend lore result next time. Mm-hmm. So if you want to buy another scroll in the future, <laughs> you might be able to do that. But you would need to get to, I will tell you, um, based on the information you have now, this will be the best result. And then if it directs you to somewhere else, um, yeah, you would need to go to that place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we sort of looked at the time we had for the time skip and, you know, um, we can definitely do one legend lore. I don't know if we could do two. Okay. Well, moreover, doing two would would not work because you'd need to right because we'd to actually need to go location. to where the location. Was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So we couldn't. So so, so um, you, uh, we need Trinia to roll a caster level check. Yes. To represent uh, activating the scroll, mm-hmm. uh, and then she will be spending the next two d six weeks. Uh, Deciphering the visions, uh, and Ophelia will be giving her food and uh, giving her back rubs and uh, yes. making sure that she, you know, uh, goes to sleep. Yeah. Now she is she is not. Uh, so it's it's important to note uh, what Kester was doing was under the compulsion of suggestion, ah. and that he couldn't do anything else. Okay. Generally, when you're when you're casting uh, legend lore, it takes two d six weeks to decipher the visions, but you can do other things while you're doing that. Okay. You okay. you just basically that becomes your adventuring activity for those days. Yeah, you can't like cast other spells. You can't or... cast other spells or do work or do other stuff. But you basically you can eat, you can sleep, uh, you can talk to people in the evening, right? Yeah. But for at least eight hours a day for two d six weeks, this is what you are doing. You gotta do work. Yep. 
It's like writing a dissertation. Basically. <laughs> right. So, um... Now, I believe Trudia only needs to not roll a 1. Mm -hmm. Because in order to cast 4th level spells as a bard, you need to be 11th. Oh, wait, no. She's 10th level. She she doesn't actually have to uh, roll the check. Yay! She can just cast it. Yay! So, so taking the clock forward a little bit. Uh, well, actually, I got the number here. What are you guys doing in the first week? Um, the rest of you. The rest of us. Um, so we've already gone to Kiramaga. Yes. Um, so I think what we want... Um, is uh, to talk to Neil Landis about um, King Eodred's secret brother. Ooh, okay. So, um, uh, early in this time, as Trinia is uh, concentrating, and she's actually uh, she's actually painting. Uh, she's painting images uh, that. Uh, in this first week, they seem very blurry. Mm -hmm. There's images of, like, jagged mountains and uh, ramparts and stuff like that. And, but it's all, it's all like, um, you know, the first stages of, of a painting. If you ever watched, like, a really experienced painter, you know, they start off with, like, the broad strokes. Mm -hmm. And for, like, about a week, she's just painting those things. Blocking and, and she's stuff. Like, she's like, I, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't get any more of it. Um, it's okay, just keep working. There's one that has like a golden circle and one that has these jagged mountains. Uh, there's uh, there's one that vaguely resembles probably like a like sword. Uh, and then a lot of blue. Yeah. A lot of paintings that are just blue. Ah. It's a blue period. Uh, <laughs> and uh, actually, if you were to look at a bunch of them, it seems that she's taking almost an entire week blending paints to try to find the right shade of blue. Goodness. Um, and, and you know, her, her little studio that she set up is filling up with uh, different color canvases, all painted just solid blue. Wow. And in this time, you go to Neolandis. Mm-hmm. Damien is feeling anxious about not being able to do the legend lore himself. Mm -hmm. uh, so Damien wants to try to gather other information that he can. Uh, so Damien would like to seek out Neolandis uh, wherever he may be working. Um, Neolandis, uh, Neolandis is working on building a, a palisade wall. Ah. Uh, he's, he's been working with Finn and Carlo for a few days here uh, as the two of them uh, sort of build uh Basically, the ranch had uh, a fence around it that's mostly made to keep any animals that might break their pens mm -hmm. from just running off. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's sort of uh, fortifying that a bit ah. with like uh, with uh, timbers uh, that they've that they've been like cutting from the nearby woods. Uh, not the not the big forest, but like just stands of trees in the nearby area. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've been making uh, much like you might see in a fort in colonial America. You know, yes. these yes. these uh, these trees that have been cut down and and uh, cut cut into roughly like fourteen foot long spars, mm -hmm. and then put mm -hmm. up uh, to create like on. a bigger wall around it. Yeah, and so he's been working on this uh, with Ven Carlo and probably Jason, mm -hmm. swapping stories about the old days and Aww. all that fun stuff, uh, and. 
Uh, he will happily take a break for a little while. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, my my poor back. I need to sit down. <laughs> yeah, my my poor back. I... Sorry, guys. I gotta talk to the kids. Hey, hey. I I happen to be seventy years old now. You look like a kid, though. <sighs> so, how can I help you, Damien? Um, hi. Uh, I was wondering if it would be okay if I ask you some questions about King Eodred's brother? Right, I mentioned him. Yeah, we didn't even know King Eodred had a brother. Also, it seems like it kind of uh, contradicts the whole curse of the Crimson Throne thing, especially if Queen Domina had the had his brother after she sat on the throne. Um, um well, she didn't. Oh. Uh, Domina, when Domina came to power, she had two sons. Uh, not a lot of people know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows Eadred, obviously. He ascended yeah. to the throne, but, uh, Eadred actually has, or had, an older brother. Oh. You know, I knew about him, obviously, because protecting him was one of my many tasks. Yeah. His name was Venster. Venster. Yes. That's V-E-N-S-T-E-R. Venster. It's no accounting for taste. Venster Arabasti. He was the king's half-brother. Venster was born... <clears throat> Venster was born uh, to her as her firstborn out of an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a childish curse that is quite popular among nobles in which a chelish maiden who bears children before her official wedding is often cursed. And the curse manifested in Venster, her firstborn, as him being born a tiefling. Oh, uh, uh, what, what kind of tiefling? Um, well, I don't... Hold on, let me check Neolandis's uh, knowledge planes. See if he knows that. He was untrained. He goes, I don't really know oh. um, the different kinds of tieflings. He was a tiefling. Uh, he had purple skin, curved horns. Uh, uh, did he look like me? Similar. Um, I don't know. His horns were different. They were more out to the sides. Yeah, I've heard those can vary a lot. Um, did but he they age? were sim- similar shape, yeah. Did he age slowly? Yes. He was born when Domina was a young woman. And uh, Eadred was born uh, quite a bit later. Um, by the time Eadred was on the throne, Venster was, we might say, roughly the age of... Uh, of, he seemed roughly the age of about a 30-year-old. That seems like what happened to me and my brother. Well, it's a popular curse. Uh, I mean, was was anyone in your family a Chelish noble? Um, My mom mother, was in perhaps? an arranged marriage. She didn't really talk about her family life before that, um, hmm. but she, she left her arranged marriage to get with my dad, and I suppose that made it's... this. He gestures at himself. Uh, yes, I don't know the nature of the curse itself, but apparently what is done is when a woman 
breaks off an arranged marriage. She is cursed, by usually by a priest of Asmodeus, that her firstborn will be a constant reminder of the vow she broke to Asmodeus. Asmodeus, as you might know, is not great yeah. with women. Yeah. And so a, a child born out of wedlock for a woman who was promised to another childish noble is forever marked. And so Venster was. Okay. And so Domina kept him hidden. Oh. She didn't want a reminder of the bastard origins of her firstborn. She then married as she was supposed to and bore Eadred. Ah. And then she took the throne. Venster was put up in one of the towers. He had his own room, isolated from everything else, and the only people that he ever interacted with were Eadred and the servants that fed him. That sounds terrible. The Eadred would take to playing card games with him in the game room, and Venster lived in an attic above that. You'd come and go via ladder. Uh, but nobody really knew about him. That's horrible. Last I am aware, no one, no one had spoken of him after the attempt on my life. I worry Iliosa might have had a similar fate in store for him. In taking power, she would need to eliminate the rest of the Arabasti family to solidify her claim to the throne. If anyone knew that there was another Arabasti, even a bastard, they might back him. Yeah. So... Uh, actually, he looks at Damien. He looks at you. You might have liked him. He uh, he was a fan of. Uh, looks at your cards. Uh, those kind of cards. Harrow. Yeah. He liked the Harrow. Uh, he liked to um, try his hand at predicting the future. Hmm. Can I have Damien like draw a card to see if he gets any insight? from the Harrow on what might have happened to uh, Venster after Neolandis lost contact with him? Um, yeah, you can do you can do a, uh, a harrowing. Uh, just a single card for a... Uh... Single card? Yeah. Okay. Okay, it's the Inquisitor. This is a card that you've seen actually quite a few times. Yes. Uh, the Inquisitor features... Uh, describe the card for uh, everyone. While so I the Inquisitor features uh, a person in a uh, severe-looking red and black robe uh, with a chain around their neck and sort of coming off their body and reaching forward. They point at uh, the viewer of the card um, and hold up a book uh, from which various papers are falling. Uh, the Inquisitor is the lawful neutral card of books. The intelligence suit. Yes. Uh, so um, the the Inquisitor uh, traditionally uh, stands for mutable reality. Uh, it is a reminder of truths that cannot be concealed. <laughs> the Inquisitor accepts nothing save the truth. He represents immutable reality, that which cannot be fooled or swayed in any way 
To attempt to go against this unchangeable object, person, or idea is to court disaster. If you want to roll Lore Harrow, you might be able to draw. Excellent. Uh, I, I put an extra rank in Lore Harrow. Uh, so now I have a plus 13 to Lore Harrow. <gasps> Ooh, so I got the card, 30. In a way, the card sort of speaks to you. Uh, you have this vision of the Inquisitor pointing these people trying to deny Venster's existence. First Amina, then Aedrid, and then Iliosa, all denying his importance. Mm-hmm. But now, speaking to Neolandis, you see that his existence still has weight. Mm-hmm. He still has purpose. You cannot hide the truth forever. Demian looks at the card, considers it. Well, I think if she tried to kill him, it's not going to stay secret for long. The difficulty is most people don't even know who Venster is. Uh, if I, if even if you were to have proof that she tried to kill him, it wouldn't matter to most people. Yeah. I knew him though. He was a nice man. He was quiet, kept to himself. Maybe he managed to get the word out. Maybe there's somebody else who knows about him or knows about his potential claim who might be able to make good on it. Perhaps. I wouldn't know, and it's almost impossible to get back to the castle. If he's still alive, he'd still be in his room, but... You could try scrying on him. Perhaps. Uh, unless the queen has the entire place worded, which... Not to my knowledge. Oh. Well, I, my knowledge being yeah. quite a bit more limited. Uh, let me... Yes. Yeah, Ven- so, you know, Venster uh, was uh, Andred's older half-brother. Mm-hmm. He stayed in a, in a little apartment above the game room. Uh, and he came and went uh, via ladder. He was a harrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was quiet, kept to himself. I think Unia could take 15 minutes and prep scrying uh, and then spend the next hour casting it, maybe looking into the stream uh, or some other pool of water. Sure. Rain barrel, uh, anything like yeah. that. Yeah, and we'll see. Yes, over a, over a stinky rain barrel. Uh, and we will see if they can find Venster Arabasti. Uh, now, uh, he would have a... a plus five uh, will save. Um, we could have Neolandis try to sketch what Venster looked like, uh, and that would give us uh, a mu- that would give him a minus two on the will save for a total of plus three. Okay. Sorry, I'm not actually very good at drawing, so I can't like I don't have any pictures of him. Uh, As a rule, there were never any pictures allowed of Venster. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, um, he looked kind of like me. Yeah, he was tiefling. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's okay. Um, so that oh, blonde hair, blonde hair, um, purplish skin, mm-hmm. horns. You like to wear green. Hmm. Amy looks down at his green robes. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it does have a nice color contrast. With- he, he, you know, he. Uh, there's a. He actually looks at Unity. He goes, "There's a temple of Aridan in the." Uh, in the castle, and he always 
It was one of the only places that he could ever venture when things were quiet. Oh. And it was just him and his books and uh, legends about Aridan. Interesting. I did not know there was a temple in the, in the castle for Aridan. More a personal shrine than a full temple. Back in the days when Aridan prevailed over Chalish nobles, uh, most Chalish nobles liked to keep a shrine to him in their premises. Sensible. I will keep that in mind. Perhaps there's some connection I can use to reach Venster. So you cast Scrying, and mm. um, um, you don't see anything. Do I know the difference between not seeing anything because a person succeeded on the will save, or or not being able to see anything because the person is dead? Um, you you know the spell doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't believe if you know the difference uh, between whether it doesn't work because they're dead or if it doesn't work because they succeeded on the will save. Okay. Either way, you see nothing in the in the ring. All right. Ring um. So Unia uh, comes back after an hour and sort of puts their hands up uh, in a helpless gesture. I wasn't able to see anything. I don't know what that means. It's possible he's dead. It's possible that it's just difficult to scry on him because we don't know much. I can try again, but it it does take time. Okay, so that's uh, the information that you guys have on Venster. Uh, he was uh, now um, as as um, Neil Anderson is conveying this information to you. Um, if you can give me a group intelligence check. All right. <laughs> I am really good at these. It's gonna go great. Okay, um, I'm just gonna roll four d20s. We'll go with Lenore, Unia, Ophelia, Damien. Uh, imagine the uh, vicious clacking of four uh, d20s uh, in your mind. <laughs> so Lenore got a um, five. <laughs> Unia got a two. <laughs> Ophelia, <laughs> Ophelia got a. A six? Yeah, Ophelia got a six. And Damien, bless him, got an 18. Um, <laughs> so badly. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> six, three, four, eleven. Okay. Um, so 18 with two aids, yeah. Wait, um, no, do you have two aids? No! No, okay, no, 18. Nobody aids. Alright, yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. It's all very weird. Uh, can Trinia help? Trinia can help, yes. Let's have Trinia roll. Natural fucking 20. You've got to be kidding me. Natural 20. With Damien aiding. Also, it's a natural 20, so. So... Uh, Neil Landis is recounting. Thank God for Trini's recounting this support. fucking story. And Trini goes. So he was a. He was a firstborn tiefling. Uh, he was a firstborn tiefling, um, who was born a tiefling because of a curse on his mother for being born out of wedlock, and apparently he was like in the 
Aridin fan club looks at Unia. Uh, and he was a noble hiding away from his fate. Maybe hidden away from his fate in his case. She looks at Ophelia. And it seems like he has something in common with each of you. Except She looks at Lenore. Except you. I don't know. Like, you don't fit the pattern. Uh, I'm sorry? He had something in common with each of you. He's a tiefling like Damien. An Aerodonite like Unia. Uh, and a noble like Ophelia. Uh, maybe some planar stuff? Was he good at fighting? No, no uh, never, never good at fighting. No. Unfortunately, I'm not a natural blonde, so... Uh... Hmm, I don't know. Um, Does Damien have any insight there? No. Uh, I will, um... Actually, natural 20, Damien's helps. Damien does help, so... Hey. I mean... It did seem that he had an interest in the Harrow. Harrow is a Varician uh, tradition. Ah. Uh, um... Mm. Maybe not like like being interested in the Harrow as a Chelish noble is not really a socially acceptable. Uh huh. Maybe Domina had a fling with a Verizian. I don't know. Maybe um, it's kind of tenuous. I think. Yeah. But I, I feel like there's a pattern. Hmm. Venster has something in common. With each of us? Question mm -hmm. mark. Seems so. Uh, Neolandis goes. I don't know. I. I hate to admit I was never really close with them. Sort of as a rule, you know. Even the servants that fed him, they would leave the food in the game room, and uh, they would come down and eat it. Nobody really interacted with him except for Eadred. They would just sit across the table playing card games with each other. Hmm. Not even most people didn't even know about that. I knew, because, you know, it's my business to know everything that goes on in the castle, but... Do you know what sort of card games they'd play? Well, all sorts. You know. From what I know, hero decks can be used for a bunch of things, and then they just had, like, regular playing cards, and... I don't know. Like, poker, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of blackjack! <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe... If we can manage to scry... If he's still alive... Maybe we can find out. Unia looks uh, looks reproachfully at the rain barrel they were trying to scry from earlier. I suppose I will have to try again tomorrow. And perhaps the day after that. This seems incredibly boring. Well, I mean, you don't have to do it any more often than you want to. I know it takes a lot of work. And it's possible he's dead, and we're all just wasting our time. So, mm. you know, if you're getting that impression from the scrying you're trying to do, don't worry over much about it. I'm sure there are plenty of stalls that need mucking and things that need cleaning. On second thought, perhaps I will do more scrying. So, do you want to? Do you want to basically um, keep casting that until you've effectively taken twenty? Yeah. Okay, so that's gonna take again. That's gonna take probably the better part of like two or three weeks it's casting good it every that day. We're doing a time skip. At least, at least, so that you know yeah. that if he was gonna roll badly, like because he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. You'll know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. He's got to roll a natural one eventually. <laughs> hey, Yunia, you want to come help me clean out the pigsty? I can't, I'm busy scrying. <laughs> Dawn. Wait, you only do that for one hour, like, every day. Scrying. Busy. Working. This sounds like it's actually an excuse. Concentrating very hard. <laughs> so, um, you take, you take, a so about a week goes by, um, mm -hmm. various chores being done around the farm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I imagine Lenore gets conscripted and Lenore and Hector probably get conscripted into helping with the fence. Yes. Um, the fence building army. Trinia makes more paintings. Uh, of, she's now s seems to have settled on the closest blue that she can get. Okay. And she's drawing pictures of dragons. But the definition of the dragons is not really clear. Um, two weeks have gone by, and about midway through the second week, Yunia. Oh. You are casting your crying for the day you know at this, point it's, start, it's, on the at this point it's really starting to seem like there's nothing to it show me venster's tiefling balls what you see on this i think the 13th day you see a beam of sunlight streaming in through a window Ooh. a dusty room illuminated there's not a lot of dust hanging in the air, as it seems that this place has been largely undisturbed for a long time. Uh, and as, as the room fades into view, your dark vision starts to take effect. Uh, there is, you see a bed, a large armchair, a one-legged table, table, and a silver lantern. Uh, on the table, near the lantern, sits a dusty tarot deck in an elegant redwood case. And as you watch, for a while, you don't actually see a creature or anything in the room. But as you're watching, concentrating on the room, concentrating on every piece of it, like, why are you seeing anything? You can start to hear the shuffling of cards. <laughs> Shuffling of cards. And then as the as as basically the light kind of works its way across the room as the sun carries over. I know what Iliosa has done to you. For she has wronged me as well. I know where she dwells, but cannot strike at her. Come to my home at sunset. Bring the others like you. Iliosa must face her fate, and justice must be done. And you see him laying out cards on the table. And, uh, and as you watch the joke, the big sky, <gasps> the cricket, the owl, the midwife, the tyrant, fuck, the past, the rabbit prince, 
the neutral presence. The Rakshasa. The negative future. He draws a card. And it gleams with reflected starlight. He places it on the table. And there's a blinding flash as he does so. And the image disappears. And you're looking at an empty room again. Now, Yunia doesn't have the sharpest memory. But they held that card that they found upon returning to life. Yes. For a month or so. Going to Zalara's house night after night. Mm -hmm. And they know the words on the back by heart. I know what Gadrin has done to you. For he has wronged me as well. I know where he dwells, but cannot strike strike at him. him. Come to my home at Three Lancet Street at sunset. Others like you will be there. Gadrin must face his fate. And justice must be done. Oh... I'm gonna have Damien make a lore harrow check. Mm-hmm. I I think that I might have an idea of what has happened. Ha, huh. twenty nine. All right. One thing stands out very clearly: the cards placed on the table. Mm-hmm. You do get these cards seem to represent each of you. Mm-hmm. And does Damien get the impression that perhaps Venster Arabasti? is like Zalara haunting his own harrow deck. It would seem, based on what you've seen, it doesn't seem that he's alive. And it seems that he is bound to this room with this harrow deck. Okay. The harrow is an ancient art in Varicia. There was a point when it ruled the lives of some Varicians. Certain readings would be more important than others. And the way that you would know this importance was the appearance of a card called the Great Dreamer. Oh. A card which represented a butterfly thought to represent Desna herself. When Desna learned that people were basing their lives around the harrow, it is said that she wiped every instance of her card from existence so that the people would live their lives free once again. And you don't see a butterfly on this card, but you see reflected starlight. And when the card is placed, there is a flash of light. And it seems this, this harrowing is so important to the spirit of Venster Arabasti that he is captured in it forever. Wow. Okay. So, did he draw in the negative future place, the Great Dreamer? Maybe. It it fits with what you're seeing. But you can't see the card. Okay. Which is also in keeping with the idea that Desna eliminated this card from existence. Uh-huh. And when the Great Dreamer shows up in a spread, is there any additional meaning besides that it's supposed to be a particularly important or particularly prescient reading of uh, the Harrow? Um, that I don't believe you actually know. Okay. Um, the... the 
even even knowing of the great dreamer is difficult it's a deep it's, lore it's, it's 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 something that you only know because you've studied the harrow for so long mm-hmm. yeah the card was yeah as i said eliminated from existence okay interesting all right not the only thing we thought that had been eliminated from existence yeah. that has shown back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, importantly, you've never actually seen a picture of the Great Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Nobody seems to know exactly what it looks like other than that it had a butterfly on it mm. and was supposed to mark an important event. Interesting. Original card had a butterfly. Excellent. Well, that's very interesting. Okay, so Damien is looking at his cards and absorbing this information. I think in order to get more information, we'll either have to find a way to speak with his soul directly or go to this haunted place ourselves, which... Um, and uh, Neil Landis would say in response to this, Well, the room that you're describing is his bedroom in Castle Corvosa. So that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Although now that I've seen it, perhaps we can teleport there. No, (laughs) not, not, not right now. Last time we tried to sneak, things went badly. Let's just... Hold off on sneaking into dangerous places that we're not sure how we're going to get out of for a little while. (laughs) Just a little while, please. I'm still having nightmares about that old man, Dick. Uh, (laughs) um, Okay. Interesting. Yes. Uh, I think that's about all the information we're going to be able to get from Venster for now. (laughs) Uh, All right. Sorry, dude. Um, So. (laughs) That's rough, um, buddy. The days begin to grow shorter. Mm -hmm. Summer Summer. relaxes into autumn. Uh, And all the while, Trinia paints. After a while, the paintings that she's doing begin to resolve. No longer vague shapes and suggestions of creatures she begins to paint more specific things if you would like would you please describe the picture yes for me? so uh, this picture uh seems to be situated in a natural harbor of some sort surrounded by rather forbidding looking mountains uh and in this harbor sits an island that's really more of a rock uh, upon which sits an enormous castle that takes up almost the entirety of the little island here. Uh, it has some very nice uh, turrets. It has some ramparts. Uh, some of it is held up by some curved buttresses that mm-hmm. are uh, anchored into the ground of the island. It is connected to something by a bridge mm-hmm. that has uh, stone gargoyles on it. Yes. 
and there's some sort of symbol or maybe like a rose window or something um, on the front of the castle Mm -hmm. uh, where there's also a portcullis. Yes. Uh, And and as you're sort of seeing these finished paintings start to resolve, right? You're seeing... The paintings seem to have a series to them. Mm. You see this exterior of the fortress. A group of people entering. Yes. There is a man wearing uh, furs. Looks very muscular. A uh, Shawanti woman. An elven man. Seems very loosely kitted out. A Kadiran priest. Bearing a symbol of Aurori, and a Talden wizard. Uh, somebody who seems to be dressed in regalia of Sarenrae and wielding a scimitar. And there is a paladin of Abadar as well. And they're all led by a paladin of Aridin. Oh. And you see that you see this this image of these seven people led by this paladin of Aridin entering into this castle you see an image of all of them engaged in a desperate combat the paladin raising his sword a gleaming silver sword wrapped in a golden cloth you see as the sword is raised brilliant beams of energy shining down seeming to sear away the flesh of the blue dragon as he brings the sword down across its neck. So the paladin of Eridan dealt the final blow. Yes. You see another image of pulling apart pieces that remain of of the corpse. And then there is another image of the paladin alone his sword planted in the stones of the castle. Orcs surround him as light burns away the building around him. Oh. And then, the last painting. The painting of a crater where nothing stands. Ooh. You see, an, you see a broken bridge. The last painting seems to mirror the first. The first contains a castle. The last nothing. Ah. The orcs came back for the the fortress in the Belkson Ustalav area that uh, Kazavan had claimed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the paladin was like, fuck all of this. <laughs> <laughs> fuck all you. Yes. Fuck this castle. <laughs> right. Interesting. Okay. Do we have... Are there any identifying features of these six or seven adventures that we might use to get additional information? Uh, did we see one of them take the crown in particular? Um, in the image where they are carving up uh, the corpse, uh, the female Shawanti is pulling the teeth from the skull. The barbarian, the barbarian was holding the skull as the Shawanti pulled the teeth from it. Okay. Actually, the horns were were already detached. Okay. 
the ribs were being pu were being pulled apart by uh, the priest by the priest of Aurori. Okay. The tailbones were lying separate from everything else. Okay. The dervish was carving away at the wings. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see the wizard at all after the picture of them all entering the castle. So there are four pictures or five. It's there's a lot of pictures and these are the these are the most clear themes that you can get. Okay. Okay. Really, when you're looking at all of them together, it's almost like one of those like motion comics where ah. they, you, you sort of look at them, but you can sort of see the interweaving of of the images. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Okay. So uh, we, this is sort of the illustration of the adventuring party going and uh, killing Kazavon. Uh, okay. We didn't have a lot of information about that before, but we do have some information now. I wonder, so Abadar, uh, so the Abadarans probably have records about which paladin went and did this. Mm -hmm. um, oh, uh, I, I can clarify. The the Abadaran appeared to be a Gurundi uh, paladin. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so uh, they might have information uh, about... Um, who that was, if there's anything. It's possible they, you know, if they have a paladin of Abadar going there, they may have sponsored it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we could probably try and find some information at a church of Abadar mm -hmm. uh, if we wanted to look further into this adventuring party and maybe find out um, who the Shawant or uh, who the Shawanti woman was or uh, what the deal with the crown was that might be a starting place. Can I make an intelligence check to see if there's any other uh, potential leads that I might gain from Sorry, this? Uh, you can make some sort of intelligence-based skill check. Ooh. Um, like uh, a... I'll let you pick what, what you think would be important to you. How about a knowledge arcana check? Knowledge arcana? Uh, from, uh, or maybe a, um, or maybe a knowledge religion check? I don't um, I, what I do you what do you see? What information are you seeking? I'm I'm trying to seek additional information about the crown, okay. uh, and like what the deal with it was. Why did they make you know? Why did they make something out of the teeth? How does the thing that was made out of the teeth work? Um, okay. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that you don't really have a lot of information in this mm -hmm. about the objects that were made. You you okay. have more about the killing of the dragon. Okay. Um, maybe. Uh, where I could find more information about the uh, Paladin of Eridan or the Paladin of Abadar. Okay, that would probably be a knowledge religion. Okay. Um, or knowledge... I don't know if you, you would be able to recognize them specifically. Yeah. Uh, but, like, at least just with looking at the paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could try um, knowledge... Uh, knowledge religion. Okay. Just looking at it. All right, I'll have uh, Unia and Damien roll that and Contrinia roll as well. Yeah, Trinia. Yeah, okay, Trinia. so yeah. I'm going to roll three. Uh, one for Unia, one for Damien, and one for Trinia in that order. Clack, clack, oh, I can, I can roll for Trinia. Okay, I'll roll two then. Uh, one for Unia and one for Damien in that order. Clack, 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 Trinia rolled a 13. Oh, clack, 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 All right, Unia got an eight, and Damien got a 27. Damn. 
Uh, so uh, 27 with one aid. Um, okay. So 29. Uh, yeah. Um, 29 on, on knowledge religion. So looking at the at the imagery depicted here, uh, it's very clear that uh, the paladin of Aridin dealt the killing blow. Mm-hmm, and yeah. the paladin of Aridin seems to have wiped away what remained of, of the castle. Yes. Um, and you will know just from your knowledge of the of the abilities of paladins, mm-hmm. that's beyond the ability of a paladin. Yes. Which would suggest there was some sort of divine intervention that took place here. Mm, okay. That, and given that the iconography of the guy seems to be representative of Aridin, it would seem that Aridin himself intervened here, ah. both in the killing of Kazavon and in the destruction of the castle. Okay. I wonder... Now, unfortunately, Paladin, uh, the, the Church of Aridin, notoriously bad records these days. <laughs> yeah. So finding out who this Paladin of Aridin was might be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and I suppose uh, with a with an eight, Unia hasn't heard squat. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So, Aridin Aridin did a big deal. Uh. In this in this particular spot, it's possible we could go there and like cast Legend Lord and but it's not very practical for yeah. us to travel all the way. Unfortunately, unfortunately. The location itself um, doesn't, it's some sort of crater lake in the mountains. Yeah. And I have bad news for you. <laughs> there are a lot of those in the Mindspin Mountains. Yeah. Like even something like Greater Teleport might not get us there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, is it possible? So, so, all right. If we can find anything about really notable paladins of Eridan who weren't uh, Yamade, <laughs> uh, you know, paladins I mean, of Abadar. Yeah, pal- paladin of Abadar might be more useful. Maybe we can search for Leedsri, the paladin of uh, of Abadar. Oh, was a f- also is a female paladin of Abadar. Okay. Uh, Seemingly human. Okay. So, Gurundi lady, uh, who's a paladin of Abadar. Um, so, if we can probably look at the paladin, or we can probably look at the Church of Abadar's records, because they're going to keep really good records, <laughs> and just be like, how many paladins of Abadar uh, did you have who were ladies who hailed from Gurund who went to Ustalav? Gurundi Gar- paladins of Abadar. Uh, I, I like the idea of this search query yeah. of Gurundi paladins who came through this area within the last, between, I don't know. 300 uh, and 1,000 years ago? 300 to 1,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, what tr- what temple of Avatar would you look at? Because uh, this was before Corvosa. God. Uh <laughs> Oh god. Not the temple. Okay, so uh we're probably going to have to do another legend lore when we have a, a chance. <laughs> Maybe we just go to a temple of Abadar and do a legend lore on this Gurundi paladin lady. 
uh, and maybe we'll get more information. <laughs> well, we'll see. Hey, Trinia, how do you feel about hanging out in the Temple of Abadar for two to six weeks? <laughs> two to 12 weeks. How does that sound? Ew, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That sounds horrible. It does sound horrible. <laughs> um... Let's see, uh, hold on, she's like looking at the paintings. What about, gosh. Uh, she's like looking at him like, I don't know, that guy's Talden, and Taldor seems like a horrible place to go. Excuse you. I'm sorry, it just does. You're sort of right though. Yeah, like Taldor, I don't wanna, I don't wanna go there. <laughs> uh, um, maybe we could. Is it Kadiran? Maybe, um, so, we are going to have to go talk to the Skonqua here at some point. Maybe somebody there knows something about the... I mean, the Shawanta used to live around the pyramid where the um, where Midnight's Teeth was being stored. Yes. Um, Maybe they have some records about the uh, Shawanta shaman lady who took the teeth... We could ask them when we go talk to them. Yeah, um, Neil Addis, um, knowing that there was apparently a Shawanti present at the slaying of Kazavan suggests that the connection was direct. I don't know, all these, all the others here, they seem to come from different lands. And I don't really have any connections to any of them. Well... This is more information than we had previously. Um, hmm. Also, these paintings are really nice. Like, wow. Um, it's some of my best work. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I feel like you could give Salvatore Scream a run for his money. <laughs> she, like, she like sort of twirls her hair. I don't know about that. <laughs> Damien, stop trying to compliment my girlfriend. <laughs> Ophelia, <laughs> stop getting jealous. Uh, can't help it. So you call me your girlfriend. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah. Is is that okay? Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. Hold <laughs> <laughs> <Chills> your hand. <laughs> Squeeze his hand. Well, uh, we're getting into fall now. Harvest will be done soon. Looks like the scone quar best bet. Yeah. Um. How have diplomatic talks been going? Are they going to let us come talk to them? I've uh, had a few sendings back and forth with um, Thousand Bones. And he has agreed to receive you. Okay. However, he has warned me that feelings among his people are not universally welcoming to this idea. Valid. Thousand Bones will speak for you, but you must conduct yourselves with honor. And while Thousand's Bone word is strong, it is not universal. Not all will heed him. There may be some that deny you entry. There is much anger among the Skonqua over the killing of his grandson. Yeah, uh, that, that whole thing was really horrifying. I, I'd be mad too. And the chief of the Skonqua, Chief One Life, is one such 
enraged party. <laughs> Placating him will take more than just a few kind words. Should we bring something nice? It couldn't hurt. Uh, what sort of things do uh, people usually give for condolences in situations like this? Condolences, uh, from what I'm hearing from Thousand Bones, will not necessarily be welcome. Okay. That could be seen as you taking blame for his death. Oh, God, no. Uh, all right, uh, we won't do that. Instead, your goal should be to prove your own honor. Okay, we can do that. We have we have plenty of honor. We have honor to spare, yeah? Unfortunately, um, sending is not the most effective means of conveying the elaborate details by which one proves their worth in the eyes of the Sconequa. Uh-huh. To say nothing of the other tribes of the Cinderlands. Yeah. There are three primary tribes that you need to be aware of. Okay. The Sconequa were on the friendliest terms with Corvosa, but the other two are uh, Lyrunqua, the Clan of the Moon, uh, and the Sklarqua, the Sun Clan. The Sklarqua are by far the most antagonistic toward outsiders. And he looks at the painting. He points to the picture of the shaman pulling the teeth from the skull. And he points at her face. And you can see that there is, there seems to be uh, this image of fire coming from her eyes. Mm. That looks like a sun shaman. So if we want to learn any more about her, You'll we're going to have to ask them. You'll need to have introductions made with the Sklarqua, but you can't go to them directly. You'll need someone to speak on your behalf before you can even set foot in their territory. Okay. Again, Thousand Bones remains our best bet. So, we meet up with Thousand Bones, we see what we can do to prove ourselves to them, and if we're successful there, They'll help us talk to uh, the Sklarqua? Or at the very least, they can put you on the right path. Okay. And who are these other folks? The... Mm -hmm. The Moon Clan? Lyrunqua. Lyrunqua? I'm afraid I don't know much about them. They're elusive folk. Travel mostly by night. And... Thousand Bones would be the only one that would know how to contact them. Okay. That I know, anyway. So it sounds like we gotta talk to Thousand Bones and everything starts there. So it seems. And this, uh, and Thousand Bones is prepared to receive us? No. What must we do? He's recommended a neutral ground where we can meet. A place called the Callow Mounds. 50 miles east of Kermaga. It's a sanctuary dedicated to the dead of all the tribes. By law, none should be allowed to harm you there. 
and whether that law holds. I can't say specifically. And they won't object to outsiders entering their burial ground. Thousand Bones tells me that he believes uh, his people will honor the sanctuary. But as you might expect, I remain unsure. Mm. Unia looks around uncomfortably. To what extent should we be prepared for violence? I think it would be wise to be ready for it, but I would recommend not appearing outwardly hostile. Of course not. The goal here should be to earn their respect. Mm. You are not agents of Corvosa. You are free people. God, if they think we're agents of Corvosa, we can prove them wrong real fast. Mm-hmm. Thousand Bones has some respect for you already for a recovering Gakin, and that helps. Mm-hmm. But I can't honestly tell you what will be required of you. Okay. Well, I'd like to say that we're good at making first impressions, but we're not really good at that. Hopefully they'll give us uh, enough chances to show them that we're, we're worth the time. Excuse mm-hmm. you, Lenore. I am excellent at first impressions. Maybe you should just let me do the talking. <laughs> so. And, and, not the, and not the sneaking, right? Stop it. <laughs> I really regret that time. I'll check. I'll double check all of the chests to make sure they're not mimics. You know, I could also try to do some of the talking. Um, uh, you know, uh, people oh, like me just in they, general. They do. You're a really likable person. No, oh, stop it, you I, two. I like you a lot. Stop it, you two. <laughs> I'm going to go throw up. <laughs> so, I think um, we're getting into October now. He says... I think whenever you're ready to start the journey, you should be safe. Or at least within the Callow Mounds. Lenore turns to Edgar. Have we had enough time? Edgar, uh, you can see him a little downcast. uh... You know, I... I believe in you. And as much as I'd like to hold you, hold on to you, you're needed. Yeah. I'll come back. He, uh, he actually digs through your guys' pack, takes the scroll, he takes the wand of sending, and he hands it to you. And he goes, you make this thing work if you want to talk to me. Okay. Okay. Um, I might... He looks, at, he looks at you and he goes, Not you. All right. Her. Okay. Um, I have been learning from Damien how to use items that I don't know how to cast spells on. Um, you make it work. I will. I'll make it work. I promise. I love you. I love you too. I'm going to miss you. I'll miss you too. 
But I'll be here. In the meantime, take care of Portobello. Squelch (laughs) has been helping. Uh, She said something earlier about um, all of the compost from the harvest uh, and taking care of that. And I haven't seen her all day. Uh, but I have heard some really loud belches, so I think that she and Portobello are doing just fine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, Jason goes, "Well, um, you know, uh, if you need her, uh, you don't, 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 don't uh, worry about sending word. Um, I'll send her along. But she's been, uh, she's been mighty good in uh, magic. She uses been real good for the crops this year. Is so. somebody talking about me?" Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, there you are. I didn't even see you there. I heard my name. Why do you look like an elf? Been practicing. Ah, mm-hmm. you're it. <laughs> Hello? Are you all heading out? Trinia sort of like perks up and goes, Yeah, yeah, um, uh, Squelch, it's been really nice meeting you, and, um, hey. you're. Otiag? He's, he's off, uh, he's sleeping off the. Corn husk bender. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with everybody, and I'm gonna stay here. Okay. The ranch needs it needs my help. Hey, well, it's all right. We need a little bit of help, I reckon. Uh, Adriel uh, sort of goes, but um, you need to rotate your crops. Never rotated. What, what do you mean? What difference does it make which direction the crops is facing? Mm, soil gets tired. Uh, soil gets what you, tired. You, what? You point them to the east or point them to the west? No, move, move from plots to other plots. Uh, what? The, that's nonsense. I've been using these same plots for the last ten years. Yes, you have. Oh. That's why they're not growing well anymore. Uh, it's just bad season, it's all. I will ensure better seasons. <laughs> they need my help. <laughs> Alright. Well, um Y'all can take just a couple more days. Uh help us uh get some of the uh bulk of the harvest done. Yeah, we can do that. You know, uh most of it doesn't come in for the next couple weeks. We gotta we gotta spend some time packing up stuff anyway. All it's right. gonna be a long trip. Okay. From what I understand. With that, you see. Yeah, you actually, you guys don't need uh, any more time. The mm-hmm. harvest, the harvest feast of Aristel, uh, and the Swallowtail Festival uh, in honor of Desna, and the Festival of Night's Return in Nadal, and the <laughs> Waning Light Festival uh, in uh, Sagata, uh, all happen on the twenty-third of Rova, uh, which is um, September. Yep. So, uh, and we are now on actually the twenty-eighth. Of Rova. Ah. Uh, meaning, uh, basically, you guys finish out the week. And in Aslamashan, October creeps in under a new moon. Mm. The final preparations are made. We have a nice little Lord of the Rings montage of you guys going north. To... Kermaga, I believe, is the easiest way to get up. Unless you have another way that you want to go. No, that'll be it. That is an, a 90-mile journey. Ooh. Uh, with you guys um, 
I, be, I believe um, you guys can get horses in Harse. There's plenty of horses in Harse. <laughs> um, can we shadow walk the actually, horses? There's, there's, actually, oh, you can shadow walk if you want. You, I don't think you can shadow walk the horses. No. But you can shadow walk. We could shadow walk there. Okay, yeah, shadow walking would be a whole lot faster. It'll take you like... I think you shadow walk at 50 miles an hour, so it takes you two hours. <laughs> As opposed to, I was getting, I was sitting here with my overland uh, calculator going, hold on, you guys Instead, instead, what we get, uh, what we get is the, is the, uh, is the super sped up version. <laughs> You'll find yourselves in the city of Kermaga. From which you need to head 50 miles east. <laughs> so Another hour. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think um, when you get to the borders of Kermaga, uh, shadow walking, you will actually uh, see as you're approaching the city, this shimmering wall Ooh. that sort of uh, surround, that sort of extends down as if, as if in a column surrounding the entire city of Kermaga. This place is warded. Yes. Uh, does not seem that you can shadow walk through this barrier. Ah. Pooh. <laughs> um, what manner of barrier is this? May I roll? Yes. I'm, I'm just curious, and Damien is curious. So, um, uh, would that be spellcraft? Spellcraft, yeah. Alrighty. Clack, 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 spellcraft. Spellcraft rocks. Same modifier, so. God, Damien cannot roll badly tonight. Um, but that is a 19 on die for a total of 40. Alright, um, so this seems to be um a curtain, like some sort of curtain wall, uh, around the entirety of Kermaga that prevents um that prevents um things like Shadow Walk. Uh like uh, it's it's similar to a dimensional lock, okay. But but sort of built as a wall. Uh, okay. The sort of magic required for something like this is is an art that does not exist in the modern era. Ah. So um, you guys have been to Kermaga now, I think, a couple times, and you would know that there are magics around Kermaga that are ancient. Uh, and this more powerful <laughs> than anything that you've ever seen. Damien just holds out a hand and he goes, this is old magic. <laughs> yes. Nobody nobody knows how to make a dimensional lock like this anymore. And you will know that uh, there are places in Kermaga where you can teleport. And there are places in Kermaga where you can't. And you can't break those wards. They, they are, to, to modern sensibilities, they are unbreakable wards that prevent teleportation just anywhere in the city. Damn. Yeah, I was never rich enough to afford teleportation when I was uh, there. This is so weird to me. The only way up to the Storval Plateau is uh, the is the very fancy uh, water-powered elevator uh, underneath the city of Kermaga. As a as a sidebar, um, my uh, my thing regarding people saying this is old magic is similar to Rain's thing with people saying what is this place. Uh <laughs> okay, so oh wow, so um, rising uh, up from the surrounding lands, there are, there is a a sheer cliff face with dozens of waterfalls pouring down uh, into the rivers at the base. 
this this rise, uh, which which breaks from the hinterlands onto the Storval Plateau, uh-huh. is this long, like hundreds of miles long cliff. Uh-huh. But here, at the city of Kermaga, there is a there is a protrusion from the cliffs, which seems to be the skeletons of impossibly large giants. Oh God! That, that support the foundations of a mighty city. Uh, a city cobbled together from various forms of ancient architecture. A city which is known to be impossibly magical uh, and foreboding. <laughs> it is known as the city on the cliff, the city of strangers, the asylum stone, and the hex. This hexagonal city has existed for thousands of years and to your knowledge it has passed through the ownership of many empires you stand in the shadow of these massive giants supporting a six-sided hexagonal wall atop them Mm. Uh, and a long column of travelers very strange creatures the likes of which you would never see anywhere else there are fey in line here. There are undead in line. Uh, there are giants. There are dragons even. Waiting their turn to get into Kermaga. And you all will eventually file onto this elevator. A couple dozen people will get onto this platform. And a lever will be pulled and the water of the waterfalls is diverted into the column. Oh, pushing, that's cool. Pushing the platform up. That's really cool. And you will eventually be on that platform, rising up into the city of Kermaga. So anybody want to talk about anything uncomfortably personal while we're on this <laughs> elevator? I hate sand. <laughs> it's coarse and irritating. It gets everywhere. Gets into my huffy feet. And as we get, ding, you are now in Kermaga. We'll pick up next time. The curse of the crimson. The crimson. Up the stairs we go until we come to Kermaga. To Have and to Roll is produced by David Clark and Katie Thrupshire. The Pathfinder role-playing game and the Curse of the Crimson Throne Adventure Path are property of Paizo and are used in accordance with Paizo's community use policy and OGL 1.0a. This session featured sound effects from Sirenscape and music by Michael Gelfi Audio. See description for details. Follow us on Twitter at to have and to roll Mastodon at to have and to roll at dice.camp and Tumblr to have and to roll We will be back in two weeks as we enter the tangled maze of Kermaga. See you then.
broke him up into pieces. <laughs> this is their last resort. <laughs> Spirit, stallion of the Cinderlands. Well, you're not in the Cinderlands. <laughs> the Cinderlands are like, hold up, from oh. where you are, 70 miles north. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Dutch, you bastard Dutch! Sorry, I just had to get into character there. <laughs>